Welcome to the Christian Youth Camp Podcast. At Camp Chioka, it has been our mission for over 50 years to lead campers into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. These conversations share the heart of our camp family in efforts to lead us all into a deeper relationship with the Lord. On today's episode of the Christian Youth Camp Podcast, we have Willie Robertson. Willie grew up attending Camp Chioka, met his wife here, later served as director, and is now witnessing his oldest son follow in his footsteps. He has been caretaker and director, but most importantly, Willie was outstanding camper. He's going to share with us today some of the memories he cherishes from this place and how those memories point him back to the Lord and just the incredible relationships that he's formed here. Leaving camp for Duck Commander and later Duck Dynasty, he'll share with us the Lord's faithfulness as to how he has been able to keep serving the place that he loves so dearly. We have Willie Robertson with us today. So, Willie, when was the first time that you went to camp? Well, I was young. Um, I don't really remember. My my parents didn't really do good at photos or keeping up with stuff. <laughs> and so um, I remember I was little. And when I went to camp, it was kind of like this. It was uh, So we would load up, and we would pack our bags, and uh, we would make the drive to Camp Chioka. And so when we get here, mom would say, now here's the deal. Y'all stay in the car because I haven't paid for this. And so, and she says, I have no money. So let me go in and see if I can trade me working <laughs> at camp in the kitchen for you guys' tuition. If it works out, you can stay at camp. If it doesn't, we're driving back home to the river. And so we wow. would just wait in the parking lot. <laughs> Like hoping, hoping mom would, and then she, and I will say every time she would come out, she would talk her way into trading work <laughs> and, uh, and then she'd be like, all right, y'all get to stay. And so me and Jace would, would get out with our little suitcases and, mm-hmm. uh, um, and, and our stuff for camp. And so I was young. I don't remember how old I was, but I mean, I was, I was young and I'm, I'm actually one of the, I've got to be the only person to ever take a bath at Camp Chioka. Where was the bath? Exactly, right? There's no (laughs) bathtub. So now I always thought it was terribly confusing because we have at camp, there was a, there's a girl's bathhouse and a boy's bathhouse. It's still called the bathhouse. However, when you go in there, there's no baths. It's all showers. So where I grew up, uh, we only had a bathtub. So we didn't, we didn't, I I wasn't aware of the whole showering system. Uh, We took baths. (laughs) And, um, and in fact, the way it worked at, at the Robertson household back in the seventies was for some reason, when you fill the bath water, you couldn't let it out. So it had to get maximum use because we were on a well, I don't know why we were so protective <laughs> of water. Um, but, and so we we're on well water and the water stunk anyway. And, um, so the first person to take the bath would be Phil. So Phil would take a bath in the clean water. Then mom would take a bath. Then my oldest brother, Alan, would take the bath. Same water. Jace would take the bath. And I was the youngest. So I was the last person to take the bath. So, I mean, by the time I get in there, it's like... I have a feeling that y'all were outside a lot. Hair. I mean, it's like the nastiest thing here. The water was always cold. <laughs> and so, but we took, so we took baths. So I get to Camp Chioka. I go down to the bathhouse and... I, I don't remember why, for whatever reason, I was I was by myself. And so I went down there, and I was going to take a bath while I'd go in there. 
And amazingly enough, they, they did have a bathtub. At the time, there was a bathtub. So I get in the bath, and I'm sitting in there butt naked. And I've, I've got my soap, but I can't get the water. So when I turn the water, it would just barely come out. And it wouldn't even go on you. And I was like, how am I going to take a bath in this bathtub? Then my counselor <laughs> walks in and says, uh, Willie, what are you doing? And I said, I'm trying to take a bath. And he said, you're sitting in the urinal. <laughs> it was a urinal tub that looked like a bathtub. I thought it was a bathtub. Are I'm you sitting, sure it looks like a bathtub? I'm sitting in the urinal and that's why the water wasn't working properly because you just hit it and it gave a quick one. But I'm like trying to put soap in water. <laughs> so I think I was the only person to ever take a bath at Camp Yoga. Are you scarred? So the, the first shower I probably took was at Camp Yoga. Wow. I didn't even, yeah, we didn't even, we didn't have a shower. So and, we just had a bath. And you might have not been hot water, but it was probably clean. It was clean. Hopefully. Yeah, it was. Uh, and now I'm super into showers. They're great. And uh, but growing up, it was baths only. That's so, so that was good. my first time at camp. <laughs> first night was I was trying to take a bath in the urinal. That's definitely all of my favorite stories from staff members are about kids in the bathhouse. Yeah. So that's added to it. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, but we love camp. We love. Um, Coming here it was just, it was awesome. I remember that little, there used to be a, John Lee, do, you, I don't, do y'all still have the little, it's the little person. It's like a character of what all you're supposed to bring. So it's like a Bible and a towel. <laughs> we need to find that. Because I would look at that and it, it basically told you what to bring. It looked yeah. like a cartoon character, but it was made up of like soap and toothpaste. And it was a little person. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find that. <laughs> but I remember the looking at that. Is. I would check all my stuff off, you know. Pack yes. my little bag, and uh, but yeah, we loved. I loved it. Loved coming out here when I was a kid. Um, never dreamed I would end up being so connected to camp, but um, yeah, I just had some great memories. Went all the way through high school. Um, then high school did um, was uh, was counselor, junior counselor. I helped mm-hmm. in the kitchen, and um, yeah, and then I was able to come back and actually actually work here. Um, so I went to college. So I started out in seminary um here and then i started dating Corey, and um so Corey's family was the ones who started camp yeah. and ran camp and then uh she said she was going to college i was like well, i ain't going to college and uh, <laughs> she said well i gotta go i said well bye it's over so we broke up about a week later i called her how do you get to this college <laughs> so we got back together and so I drove up, and so I dropped out of seminary after a year, and then I started at Harding University. Mm-hmm. And then when she graduated, I had about a year to go, and I was tired of living in Arkansas. And so I said, <laughs> uh, let's go back home. And then her parents offered me the job to actually take care of camp. Wow. And so, but the the maintenance guy that was there was a super older guy. Uh, real cantankerous man. Uh, oh, he was, uh, and I used to work. I mean, I, he was down here at camp. It was a different day. I mean, you he, every all the cleaning products were under lock and key, so you had to go ask him every time you needed some bleach, you needed soap. Wow! And he would just chew you out. Every just, I mean, just, and uh, it was just awful. Nobody ever wanted to, and I don't know why he was. He was a military guy. That's just kind of the way he did it. So then, now I'm the new guy, but he was still here. Like, he hadn't moved out of the house yet. Mm-hmm. So actually, Corey and I moved in the director's cabin, which is, I don't know how tiny it is, uh, where John looks at. It's right a small here. area. Yeah, we lived in there when we were first came back home. So we'd been married about three years, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, and we moved in there. And uh, so we lived there for about 
probably four or five months. And I was still renting, like I was renting the camp out to groups. So, and if you're not familiar with camp, it's right in the middle of camp. So I'd have a whole group of like youth kids or what, and then I'm living there as well (laughs) uh, with other groups of people as they came in. And uh, it was fun. Then we finally got to move into the the house up at the the front and uh, Corey's parents actually fixed it up for us, which was nice. So we, we, we totally redid it and re remade it and we loved it. And so, um, and then not long after that, John Luke was born. In fact, there's a great photo of me and John Luke when I graduated. Cause so I transferred here mm-hmm. to NLU at the time. Now it's ULM and finished up my degree. And when I graduated, I got my cap and gown on. I'm holding John Luke. So he's uh-huh. like a year old probably. So. Yeah. So you've grown up here. Your family's grown up here. Your wife grew up here, really everyone. So what have you learned from Camp Shoka that you've taken outside of here other than the importance of showering? <laughs> um, you know, everything. It's, you know, um, I mean, so many things that I've been able to apply in other areas through business now and television, everything I've done. I, I really, at its base level, I learned all those things uh, out here uh, doing doing this job, mainly working with other people. Um, um you know how to get along with people, how to pull yeah. something off. You know, it's uh, uh, there were times like in the off season when it was great. I mean, there's not a lot of people here. You really have to be self motivated to, to to get stuff done. And um, uh, what new things do you do? What what things do you change? What things? And then that upsets somebody. So it's getting back to working with people. Um, and then you got to just gear up for this one big summer when everybody starts coming out. And you know the stakes are high because you have you know these are real human beings or children coming out and there's safety concerns and you know you have the health inspector that comes out you have all these things you have to get ready for uh you have to you know make sure you have enough food make sure so there's a lot of things that you have to get done you have deadlines uh to hit make and then and then once camp is here then you're trying to make this big spiritual impact on on children the staff you know everybody that comes out and so that's really the most important thing. But I remember when, when I had the job, it was everything. Like, I, it, it's hard, even to this day, it's hard for me to walk around and not look at, oh, that needs to be done. Oh, this needs to be, yeah. you know, that's exposed. That needs to be fixed or, or whatever. And so uh, so I guess melding both those things uh, together, it helped me as I, as I went on out and got other jobs and, and did what I did. But so much of what I, what I really learned really, you know, at that Point of getting out of college and in my 20s was was learned out here and so it was great uh nothing was wasted i always tell people nothing's wasted um yes. you know there's been times in my life i thought man i wish if i'd have started this earlier i would be and but really nothing's wasted you can take all your experience that you that you get and, and put it into whatever that is and, and i would have never um dreamed it would have been that way i i this something happened at camp and johnny you might not know this story um so when I was out here as a director, uh, and we had so much fun, kind of like John Luke does now, but we, we would make these funny videos. Um, this is back before cell phones, but, yeah. and so we would make constantly make videos, and, and I would kind of always kind of entertain, especially the kitchen crew, and so <laughs> just, you know, kind of helping with morale. And we had this lady, uh, Miss Grace, she worked in the kitchen, and I'll never forget this, she... Um, I was in there making everybody laugh and we were shooting a video and, and she looks at me and she goes, I'm on, and I'm probably 28 at the time. And she goes, I'm going to tell y'all something right now. One day we're going to be watching this boy on TV. Stop. Entertaining us. And when she said it, I thought, 
well, how would that happen? You know, I'm all <laughs> working at Camp Chioka in Calhoun, Louisiana. Like, how would I ever be on? T- I like, but it it you it, it did give right. It gave me something like, wow, that that's interesting. And so, uh, and I remember when I when I was on TV, I came up to Grace and I said, Grace, I don't know if you if you remember saying this, and she did. She said, I remember. Wow. She goes, I always knew that you were going to do something and. Uh, uh, something different, not that what I ended up doing was more important than this, but mm-hmm. so a lot of even stuff like that, like with entertainment and all that, was actually developed, you know, out here and making people laugh and, you know, telling good yes. stories and, uh, um, you know, everything mixed in together. And so, uh, so yeah, it's funny. I, I look back on some of the things and just because you always had an audience, it was like you had people coming out, so you had people. You're, you're basically trying to entertain people. You've got kids you're trying to entertain. I remember I used to take groups, so I would, so we were try, always trying to make money, and I was trying to figure out, and so I would do these school groups. They would come out, and so it'd be like the end of the year, so all these teachers are looking for somewhere to take these kids. Yes. You know, they want to go outside and just let them go to death, and uh, so I said, <laughs> hey, bring them to Camp Chioka, and I charge like five bucks a kid, you know, mm-hmm. and so... And you could do your lunch, and then, but then I would take you on a guided nature trail, and, so, uh, <laughs> well, and then I would explore. let them fish. I would let them fish, yeah. and so, and to this day, I think I can, I think I can string a pole faster than anybody in America, because <laughs> because kids are constantly breaking them, yes. which is fine. It was just like, as long as we could pull a couple of fish out, that fish would lay on the ground, and then you'd have. It would entertain Keep kids for, happy. I mean, an hour, you know, just looking yeah. at these little live fish. So I would just constantly rig poles, and I would take them on these uh, these guided trails and basically just see if I could entertain them and make them laugh. And so we had all these, uh, I told them, that, you know, Chioka was, uh, you know, we had Native Americans that were here at one time, and they were the, uh, the <laughs> from the Nowipum tribe. <laughs> of the stinky honeys and so we would tell them all these. And then I would find a tree. There was a tree that had a stump and it had a hole in it. So it was like a tree but then and I told him it was a it was an ancient toilet. And so and and it looked like a toilet. It looked like a wooden Yeah. And they were just fascinated by it. And so I would tell them all these stories and, and go through and try to find, you know, uh, and if we ever found an animal or insect or snake or yeah. you know whatever we would so I would save uh, turtles. That's where John Lee got so into animals because we, if I found something, I would, you know. So we had tons of box turtles, and we, of course, half my kids got salmonella. I remember I found a <laughs> snake one time. Corey was in the shower up there at the house. I just walked in. I don't know what possessed me to do this. It was so funny. She's in the shower. I just threw the snake in the shower. Stop. And I walked out and just heard the chaos. All the, the whole thing gets ripped down. <laughs> so... Uh, John Luke found a bat. Uh, no, I found a bat in the bathhouse. And uh, so I told John Luke, he's fascinated by this bat. And I said, John Luke, you cannot hold this bat unless you have gloves on. So I have yeah. big leather gloves on. I said, yes, sir, yes, sir. I said, if we can keep the bat. And he just, and so <laughs> he goes in there. I don't know. It was like an hour later. He comes out there. He's crying. The bat has bitten both his little teeth into John Luke's finger. <laughs> I'm like, John Luke, I told you, you have to wear gloves. He goes, I did. He put on plastic dishwashing gloves and the bat bit right through the thing. So, Imagine that. Now, sadly, we had to take him out to like get a rabies shot. And then he was, <laughs> but what he's most upset about was they had to put the bat down because they didn't know if the bat. Yeah. So he was just, he didn't want to put the bat down. And so, um, but yeah, a lot of uh, interesting but when you're out animal here, stories animal can be and, yeah. like you can be afraid of it, or it can become the event of the day. Mm-hmm. And the fun thing to keep everyone entertained. 
So yeah, it's a little memory lane of I love camp. that. So being here, obviously you didn't think you'd ever really be on TV or maybe even go and like lead Duck Commander. So do you view kind of leading any organization as the same like mindset and principles when you're leading camp as when you're leading a big corporation? Um, well, I think there's times when, you know, I don't like to get stuck really in anything. And um, if you feel like you need to make a move, you make a move. And yeah. so I think some people stick around for things that, you know, they may seem like they waste their time because they're sticking around like, I hate what I'm doing. And so, and I didn't, I loved, uh, you know, looking back on life, I loved what I did at camp. Um, also, I love that I was, you know, kind of like we're in this coronavirus thing and being out there at camp, like back then, it seemed kind of like that. <laughs> it was like yeah. we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> we were all here. Um I got to spend all this time with like John Luke and Sadie when they were kids. I ate lunch together. You know, we I would mm -hmm. come up and we'd eat lunch together. Then we would do dinner together, and we would I'd grab them and we'd take them down here and run around. So um, there's something there was something about that that was uh, seems like in the last few months is kind of like that. Kind of feel like I'm back like that. Yes. There's nothing. I have no plans. I have. I'm not traveling. I'm not doing anything. And so it does remind me of that. And then, but when I was, um, you know, financially, we were. You know, we were losing money um, every year, and my wife's family had kind of just built that in. It's like this is part of it, and so I really tried to to balance our budget. And I remember one year, probably like in 1998 or something. I actually we didn't make any money, but we didn't lose any money. Yeah, and I was so proud. I was like, we actually balanced. You know, spent the money and. Uh, uh, and didn't overspend where they didn't have to cough it up. And so then I started trying to raise money. and uh, But it was a little difficult at the time because it was like, you know, because people wanted money going to the church. And they were like, well, and so I'm out there trying to raise money. And I'll, I'll never forget, this was, this was one of those moments in life, looking back, you know, that you have a few of these moments. And I was out there mowing the, the second field, the softball field, and I was just doing this mower. And, and I remember I just had this thought, and I thought, I think I can actually go make money. Like, I think I can actually make money, a good amount of money, to where I can be the guy that I'm looking for. I can be the guy yeah. that can actually help camp financially. And I love what I'm doing, but if I can do that, someone else could probably do what I'm doing here, and then I make it do that because I didn't, at the time, I didn't know a lot of people that had a lot of money who could, like, give to camp outside yeah. of what all the other church and all the other things that people give money to and so um and right there i just kind of decided you know what i'm gonna go see if i can do that and be successful i had no idea what that was going to be i didn't yeah. know where i was going to go and uh but so i went down to actually duck commander and at the time duck Commander was so small there was just probably three or four people working as my brother and Phil and the nobody was really excited about that. Everybody's kind of like, kind of played, you know, it's yeah. kind of done. And uh, I said, Dad, <coughs> I would love to work here. And, uh, you know, but I said, but I think I can turn things around. I mean, I think I can really make a go at this. And and Dad was like, hey, knock yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I think it's about over myself. That's where Phil was. And that was like <laughs> 20 years ago. He's like, yeah, this thing's about played out. So, uh, so we started right there and we started working at Duck Commander. And, uh, Actually, I built a house that, that's still over there that's connected with a camp property, and we just, that was the house we were living for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And then, and then we we're like, all right, we're moving. So we moved, and 
but I still own the house. Mm -hmm. And so I realized what we had to do at Duck Commander, though, we had to break. We were still running the business out of my parents' house, which is a small house on the 30 minutes out in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) I said, we've got to move this thing. So I actually moved the headquarters to the house here, to our old house that was actually at Camp Sheoga. So we were running the company. Like all our bedrooms turned into offices. Mm -hmm. And um, I had one guy hired. I hired him, but he also, I didn't make him pay rent. He actually lived at the office, if you will. So he was in the master bedroom. And so he worked there. So we still came back to camp, you know, and we're still kind of connected. But then I just really poured myself into the business world. We ran that and um, ended up getting a TV show on Outdoor Channel uh, called Duck Commander. That's where kind of TV stuff started. Mm -hmm. And then... um, it was it was actually at that office where I got an email saying, um, I think you guys got a big show in your hand. You know, like, so at what um, point did y'all move to an actual <laughs> warehouse? And well, it was right around that? that time. So when we filmed those shows on Outdoor Channel, when it showed the exterior of our office, it was that house. Wow. So it showed that house. I mean, right <laughs> here, it showed that house. Like, And so we were, I was running the office stuff out of there, but a lot of stuff was filmed at mom and dad's house. Uh, as well, because it was kind of a reality yeah. show, but but there was also business stuff, and uh, and then I realized we needed to move. I said because there were other problems there, like there was nowhere to park, and so I'm having eighteen wheeler. You, it's it's a it's in an unusual spot where you can't have a big truck come up there, and mm-hmm. so we're having eighteen wheelers unload stuff out on the highway out here, <laughs> and uh, and I've really been eyeballing this this warehouse, and it's where we're at now. Yeah. And I've been eyeballing it. It was owned by Corey's dad and wow. his siblings. So it was family deal. They had a publishing company. That's where they housed their books. Well, they had sold their business, so they ended up with the warehouse was empty. But I couldn't afford it. Like, it was way more money than I had, and the business couldn't afford it. And so I kept talking, but it sat there probably for two or three years with no one in it. And so I finally, I always joked, I sent John Luke and Sadie in there. I said, y'all go butter, butter up your grandpa. And I, went and <laughs> asked, and I said, I got to have it. So he made me a good deal and he let me pay it out over a year, which was the only way I could actually yeah. afford to do it. And uh, borrowed the money myself personally. And, uh, and I remember we moved all our stuff in that warehouse. We were just in the corner, like all our stuff was in the corner. I thought, all right. This is way overkill. Like, we will never fill this place up. I actually asked people. I was trying to sublease part of it out. And then, uh, but then the show hit and we have many warehouses. <laughs> yes. Outgrew that warehouse. But that's when we actually moved it to right there. And uh, and that became, so when the show, when Doug Nasty hit, we had only been in that warehouse for a little while. I mean, wow. it had only been a year or two we had been in that spot. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I always think back if Duck Dynasty would have been like back in the day, it would have been so funny back when we ran the business out of Mom and Dad's house. Yeah. yeah. Or like even that house was funny, but when it was at Mom and Dad's house, it was even more hysterical <laughs> because Sai would like so the meeting room was the living room, right? But then Sai would be sleeping on the couch every day for like three hours. So I'm like trying to have a meeting, Sai's snoring, <laughs> uh Mom's See, it cooking. was like quarantine. Yeah, it was. It was just, it was very hard to run business like that, but it would have been a funny show for sure. Oh, absolutely. So what did it mean to you once Duck Commander took off and became successful that you actually could give to Camp Shoka like you had once dreamed of while you were mowing? Oh, it was the best. It was the, it was buttoning up. So what happened was I ended up, um, you know, uh, we ended up on the board of camp 
And so, um, uh, so really from a board perspective, I was able to look at financially looking at things and then, uh, so we were given money, but then from a board perspective, we really were able to hone in on what we really need to do. And this year was the year, you know, this was the year that we've certainly given the most. We did a total overhaul. And so it's really cool. It's just proud to, to see things, uh, you know, I felt like we took a step, uh, just like Corey's grandpa took a step, you know, yeah. in 1966 or whatever, when they started building this place and, uh, you know, put a lot of money into something that was out in the middle of the woods. And, uh, and so we, then we came in and we were able to invest in that too. And I look at it as an investment because, you know, there's a lot of things you can give money to, a lot of good things you can give money to. A lot of people need help all over the world. And, uh, and we certainly do a lot of that, but I never want to overlook places like this that actually train people to become people like we became. So, um, Camp played such a vital role in my life, so I owed, I felt like I owed a lot to Camp as far as the person I turned out to be, because yeah. a lot of that was learned here. <laughs> so really, if we don't support things and we don't have things available like this, like especially summer camps, it can be so impactful on kids' lives. So we have to, you know, continue to grow that. So my investment here could be for, you know, someone 10 years from now that comes and then does something amazing in their life uh, in whatever way, you know, whether it's something famous or something giving or whatever that is. And, and it may be that thing that actually moves that kid closer to God that changes their life or they meet their spouse here, which is, which is, by the way, that's where, this is where I met my <laughs> yeah. wife uh, when she, when I was in fifth grade and she was in fourth grade. Uh, I'll never forget. I, I just moved the swing sets where I, that, the swing oh. set that I actually saw her. I never, <laughs> I saw her. And you got this giant, like Lionel Richie, like Afro, you know, at the time it was big hair time. And, uh, I was like, man, who is that girl? And then I asked her on the moonlight hike and oh, she said, yes. And so we held hands and, uh, uh, and she had written in her diary that she had met me at camp and uh, and said I was cute or something. And, um, and yeah, but then we ended up, and that's where, this is where her parents met. Yeah. They met out here as well. So all this tradition, so just think about, you know, all the things in our lives where we've been able to impact people, you know, all over the world. And I, I can attribute a lot of that to what I learned out here at camp. And uh, that's why we give, that's why we help, that's why we uh, are on the board and, uh, and it's our family project, you know, it's a, I think it's important for families. I think people get so separated and everybody's doing their own thing. And so for us, some of the things we do, we, we kind of do them together, you know? And so John Luke's out here working. So we help, you know, yeah. uh, I come out, uh, especially in the off season, I'm out here a lot, um, working on projects and doing things, you know, it, it's like memory lane for me. Cause when I'm doing something now, it reminds me when I was 24 out mm -hmm. here to be by myself, um, it's nice to have a little more money now. Back then, I didn't have any money, so it's hard to do a lot of things. Uh, but I figured out a lot of stuff. Got a lot of good memories. Um, you know, um, uh, memories that you know my maintenance guy learned so much from him. Is this old guy that uh, he's he was part of our family, part of Corey's family. He was this old cantankerous guy, and so but uh, but he taught me so much. You know, I realized how dumb I was. I just didn't know anything, and so I was, he would tell me how to do this and so uh so i learned just enough you know to, to kind of get by i never was great at maintenance or fixing stuff but uh, uh built a lot of stuff uh, i don't know if there's there's a few things here where i still see that i, I was like hey i actually yeah. built that uh that's something i put together or thought of and um 
And so it's fun out here being with John Luke and getting his visions and then getting other stuff and just really making it bigger and making it more um, better for the community too, the thing come out. And so we, we've been able to bridge that gap and uh, to where people can use this place all the time, you know, and so it's just, there's so many memories. It's, it's holy ground. Uh, you know, we, um, Charlie Murray passed away here. He's a great friend. Um, actually passed away at camp. Uh, um, uh, I think he had a heart attack and, uh, so that was tragic. And so, but you know, we had some of our best memories with him was yeah. out here, you know, we had just played badminton that night and, uh, He's kind of a bigger guy, so, and, I, and I was just, I would hit it so hard, and I would try to drill him right in the middle of the chest with the, with the, <laughs> with the, with the shuttlecock, and, uh, and we had just played that night, and I just wore him out, and so we used to play badminton every day out here, and oh. um, actually, my only claim to fame is I, I was the intramural badminton champion at Northeast Louisiana University. Okay. Uh, <laughs> which was unusual uh most all the contestants in it were uh asian because they're good at badminton for sure and i was able to win and i can only attribute that to all the badminton i played at camp <laughs> uh, I, was, I was really good at badminton we played for the uh the black birdie i made a trophy and i spray painted this thing we had this black birdie and so the winner of the I had a doubles and a singles tournament, and I ran this tournament out here, and so we just would play badminton all the time. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so yeah, we a lot of just you know, so many good memories out here at camp, and uh, and it's interesting hearing other people with their memories and what Absolutely. they. You know, uh, I was out here. I was working this year. I was actually out in the woods, and uh, I look up some guys coming, like a business guy, and I'm like, "How did you find me in the middle of nowhere?" Yes. He goes, you don't remember me, do you? And I said, I, I don't. And um, he called his name, and uh, his name was Bo. And I said, oh, but I do remember. You were on my work crew. So I had this work crew that, that did jobs for me, and they were like high school kids. And they said, and they said you baptized me out here at camp. And I'd actually forgotten that I'd baptized yeah. him. So uh, I love memories that I forget that somebody tells me and they're good memories, you know, there's enough you try to forget that about <laughs> I, I love when they're good and they're like, oh, that's a great memory. Yes. I totally forgot. Uh, but he was driving through and he stopped by and he just said, I just want to, you know, and we talked about projects we'd done. Mm -hmm. He helped build this fence and uh, the great wall of Willie we built at my other house. We had this giant <laughs> wall we built out of cross ties. Uh, so I was going to get cross ties and we were cutting with chainsaws. All of us were so stupid we didn't realize that we have these chemical burns all over us. We had on shorts, and so oh it was gosh. like, and, but we built the wall. It was the Great Wall of Willie. And, uh, <laughs> we, we, it took us probably five months, but we, we built it with a bunch of kids. So so a lot of good memories with, with kids out here, yeah. and staffers and all that. That's one of the coolest things walking around and being pretty new here is knowing that there's so much history that's built upon yeah. each other. Uh, and I know last week John Luke said that you've told him invest in people, not things, mm, and that sure. really stuck with me. And I just want to ask, like, what that means to you? Um, well, yeah, you invest in people. Uh, that's what you know. People can. Um, well, one, I think it's biblical. I think Jesus, you know, when he when he showed up, you know, what he did was when he got ready to do his ministry, he went and got other people right he said you know and it was not people you would probably think of you know you would probably think of well you'd probably want to get very religious people or very this yeah. you know, or salesman type or what not or famous or rich or whatever it wasn't that uh but he took these people and invested in them and what's amazing is they had no money they had no tv they had no media they, they weren't famous they weren't politicians 
And 2,000 years later, we're still talking about that group of people. And so from the perspective of Jesus, that's what he did. Um, and it was all about people. And so I think you invest in people um, because people will help you get the things that you want to get, but they will also help get the things they want to get, and you can help them as well. And I just... <clears throat> I love ideas. I love creative ideas. I love people who don't think like me. Um, uh, it's so interesting to me because I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great, like, I never would have thought yeah. of that or thought to do it that way. And so I'm certainly not intimidated by someone, even if they have a better thought. It's like, hey, here's a better thought. Here's a better way to do that. And so I try to always just uh, invest in people, watch them, and, and not let people stay where they're at. You know, help them to grow and become um, better than they are. I think we, you know, at, at, and camp's great like that because you've got you've got kids coming out who don't know anything, <laughs> and so you're trying to teach them something. But um, and, and maybe they're coming from bad home. Maybe they're coming from dads that don't understand. Maybe they're coming. From, they don't have a dad at all. You know, yeah. it's just a mom. Or uh, maybe there's problems there, so they get to come out here and we get to really pour into that. And then the staff is awesome because now these are at a different level to where they're just now getting into the world and they're either in college or trying to figure out life, figure out faith, figure out all that. And so I love, I love that aspect of it too. And then, but then also the, the, you know, the other people that you invest in that do a lot of things that you have to have done, like yeah. people that cook food, you know, that's, uh, you know, I love to cook, but cooking for hundreds of people is difficult <laughs> three meals a and, day uh, yeah. so yeah so really all those things and so yeah i've always tried to invest in people and because i think at the end of the day people are people are what's going to help you through things and um and not things I, and, and even we have to invest in things i told john luke even now i said I, i'm i want i want to you know some of these investments i want these things to be here for 50 years yeah. you know and so we can you know not things that are just here today and gone tomorrow so um Sometimes you have to do that. You have yeah. to go in and redo. I think, you know, spiritually you have to do that. Physically we have to just say, hey, Absolutely. we got to make an overhaul here. <laughs> you know, we start taking siding off the wall and you realize the whole thing is rotten in the middle, you know. And so, um, uh, but yeah, by far for sure. I mean, uh, and I enjoy people. I enjoy kind of kind of where they're at and hearing, hearing their stories and uh, uh, stories of faith. And, you know, and I'm passionate about that too and trying to yeah. get the faith that we have and share that with others. And so ultimately that's what, you know, that's what Jesus told us to do right before we left. He said, Hey, go out and get more people in, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I'm inspired by that story. And so I try to try to live that and do that myself. And it's that investing in people that gives us the stories and the memories mm -hmm. that we have and like that we're able to share that point to him. Yeah, that's it. And, and you know, you don't have good stories unless you're not out doing something. Yeah. And so people that don't have good stories or, um, you know, if you're just laying around playing video games all the time, that's not a fun story. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got to get out and do That's something. not community. Yeah, you got to get out. And I mean, just the way we grew up was a lot like camp. You know, it's, I mean, again, back to this Corona thing, what we're in right now, it reminds me of when I was a kid. Like, we, <laughs> we, we went out, we fished all day. You know, I remember my dad would just say, we were in a really small house and we would all start getting loud. And my dad would just say, everybody get out of the house right now. <laughs> and so, you know, um, all the kids, and we know what that meant. Was, yeah. yeah. And so we went out and found something to do, you know, and found something to, to play with or fish or catch or, you know, uh, sports or whatever. And so uh, we can embrace that, you know. And I think when we're at camp, we, it's it's that embracing. It, it's really putting the, the cell phones away. It's it's all that, you know, I think. I, I mean, I get tickled sometimes thinking – 
It's like people had it all figured out. Like, oh, we don't even have to see each other. We can just text. We can just FaceTime. We can until the minute you can't go see each other, and then everybody wants to go see each other. They're like, okay, forget the phone. All, you know, because like, yeah, do a Zoom call, do all this. It's not the same. It's not the same yes. as being together and doing that. So, uh, so I desperately, you know, miss that. And and was sad too that we had to move camp back a little bit. And I was one of the ones who said, "We're doing it." You know, we're gonna yeah. do this. And then, uh, but you know. Um, uh, there'll be some good things come out of that too. Yeah, I think you know with with what's going to happen, and so uh, and everybody. I think when people get here, they're going to be so you know they're going to be like they're so ready the just to see people. Ever. You know? Yes, because like I go to the grocery store right now, and it's like people are talking in my face off. I'm like because it's, it's like <laughs> it's like the only little community you have. Yes, you know it's like it's the only place you get to see. So them we're noticing the so, people we never. Yeah, and everybody's before. like talking and interested in whatever it is, and so um, uh, so yeah, so I can't wait to. To get back to get back going on on that for sure. Yes, and then our last two questions. Uh, first one is, what would you go back and tell yourself before ever coming to camp? Besides what a proper bathtub looks like. <laughs> what would I go back and tell myself? Um, oh God, what a question. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I would just try to tell myself, hey, you may want to remember some of these things because things are going to change a lot. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, just pay attention maybe more about how things are run here so that you can help tell that story better. You know, when you're yeah. 48 years old and you're out here with and your kids out here working. And so, uh, uh, yeah, probably what I'd tell myself. And then when our campers leave, a lot of them struggle a couple months after just missing camp and missing like the feeling quote of the Holy Spirit. So what would you tell them a couple months from now? Uh, yeah, that's a tricky one, I think. Um, I'm always cautious because it's like we, we're like we going to assume. We, we actually tell people, yeah, when the fire dies out, when it yeah. comes, you know, and we're actually calling that out and saying that. I just I totally disagree with that. I just don't, I don't agree that we should, um, uh, whatever that feeling is, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's still there and that feeling can continue. And I'll tell you this, probably what that is, it's a lack of what they're getting somewhere else. Mm -hmm. It's lacking. It's not, camp is amazing and is amazing, but we can, we can have the same type of things throughout the year. You can have that in church. You can have that in your home. You can have that. And sadly, what that probably is, it's just whatever the next thing is that they get back into it just doesn't have that and then so they're not you know and so i would actually say let's try to make the school environment better let's try to make our family life better so that we can so we don't realize so we don't start thinking that the holy spirit comes on here for a second (laughs) then it's gone then we're back to what the real world no we can take that so hopefully we can we can change their lives enough to where they can do that. But I, but I remember, I never forget, you know, when I was a kid, we went to a really small church and it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't a real <laughs> positive experience for me, but um, i never forget. So the, so the pastor there, I came back from camp. I was so excited. I learned this new song. Yeah. It was called A Common Love. Have you heard of A Common Love? We haven't love? done that one. A Common Love. I thought everybody knew that song. So <laughs> when I heard this song, it's like, A Common Love. And so I was just loving it. And so I get back and this pastor's there. My parents, I'm like, oh, y'all got to hear this song. And yeah. I'm like probably in sixth grade. And, and so I sang the song like, you know. 
And I never forget this pastor looks at me and goes, well, that's the, about the first and the last time I want to hear that song. I mean, what a jerk. Man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I was so like crushed. I was like, golly, what about just killing? But that's kind of that thing. That's not that bad, but that, that's kind of that downer. Like, no, now we're back, you know, yeah. back and in the real world. That. It's going to be a downer. And so and I did, like when we were at that place, I mean, camp was just electric because what I went to at the church building was not electric. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was boring. Stop singing that song. It was so boring. It was just like terrible. And so, uh, uh, and if we can just be that, then we have to be that. So, uh, but just try, you know, um, don't doubt the Holy Spirit and don't doubt how you can change other environments as well. Because we're going to bring it to camp. Camp's going to be a, maybe it is that standard. Maybe it is yeah. that thing where you're like, man, that's where it's awesome. And, um, but we can, let's, let's try to implement that in some other areas as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I'll pray for us and our campers. Great. God, thank you so much for the gift that Camp Chioka is to so many. And we thank you for the memories that have happened on these hundred acres. And I pray that as we remember those things throughout the entire year, that they would point us back to you. And as our campers remember the good times, as they remember the fun and the jokes and the singing that they would remember you and they would remember that the Holy Spirit is just as present with them in all the moments as you are during camp. Lord, we thank you that so many families have grown up here and that you've raised generations of faithful servants. And we ask that you would continue that tradition, that we would continue becoming leaders and servants to you. Jesus, we love you so much. We lift up our campers to you all the days of the year. And we thank you so much that they are put in our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all so much for listening. Since the kingdom is not built in the media room, it is our hope that you take these ideas into real life conversations with friends, family, and the Lord. Be sure to find us anywhere you can scroll at Camp Chioka and live knowing that you are loved. <laughs>